0: And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. I want to talk about the straight and narrow path, that narrow door. That Christ Jesus tells all of us that we must strive to enter into that door. And not only that, I want to talk about what is the difference between justification and sanctification. Because through Christ Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we now have right standing with God. We have been justified. Now we are in a process called sanctification. And so this is the process that false teachers and the false brethren wants us to bypass altogether. There is no denying of the flesh. There is no living a crucified life. There is no putting away of the sin. They just want you to believe that you are saved. Put a period. All you had to do was to confess Christ Jesus. You could stay in your sins. You can stay in your fornication and your adultery and your drug use and your lying and your stealing and your masturbation. You can still live in your homosexuality. No one is going to judge you. All you have to do is be a member of this church, continue to tithe, and then all is well. And then you get to go to heaven when you die. Folks, that is a falsity. That is absolutely not what the Bible teaches at all. So... We're going to get into some scriptures today. We are going to see what happened at the cross, who we now are in Christ Jesus, and where we stand with the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy name. Father, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you and we want you to be our king. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that you have reconciled us back to you through Christ Jesus' sacrifice in which You accept it, Father. Jesus told us over here in Luke 13, starting at verse 3, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, change your mind for the better, and heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, you will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. And then he says down here in verse 5, I tell you no, but unless you repent, change your mind for the better and heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, you will all likewise perish and be lost eternally. Father, Jesus also tells us to strive to enter by the narrow door. In the same chapter of Luke, down in verse 22, it says, according to the Amplified, Jesus journeyed on through towns and villages teaching and making his way toward Jerusalem. And someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved, rescued, delivered from the penalties of the last judgment, and made partakers of the salvation by Christ? And he said to them, Strive to enter by the narrow door. Force yourselves through it. For many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house gets up and closes the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door again and again saying, Lord, open to us, he will answer you. I do not know where what household, certainly not mine, you come from, then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I, I do not know where what household, certainly not mine, you come from, depart from me, all you wrongdoers. Father, he says down here in verse 28, There will be weeping and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves being cast forth, banished, driven away. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and sit down, feast at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, There are some now, last, who will be first then, and there are some now, first, who will be last then. Jesus' sorrow for Jerusalem. At that same very hour, some Pharisees came up and said to him, Go away from here for Herod is determined to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, sly, crafty, skulking, and cowardly. Behold, I drive out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish, complete my course. Nevertheless, I must continue on my way today and tomorrow and the day after that, for it will never do for a prophet to be destroyed away from Jerusalem. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who continue to kill the prophets and to stone those who are sent to you, how often... I have desired and yearned to gather your children together around me as a hen gathers her young under her wings but you would not behold your house is forsaken abandoned left to left to you destitute of God's help and I tell you you will not see me again until the time comes When you shall say blessed to be celebrated with praises is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Father, the sad part about it all is that the unrepented soul refuses to come to Christ and have their sins forgiven. They stay in darkness rather than have it exposed by the light of righteousness father have mercy on us all in jesus name i pray father i ask for wisdom today to teach this lesson may the holy spirit move on me illuminate my mind give me understanding to your word and may those who have ears let them hear but the spirit of Christ is saying in Jesus name I pray amen amen all right folks so that is why this righteous path that we are living on today in Christ it is so straight and narrow But we must stay on it anyway. Glory be to God. We must stand firm. Amen. So, that is why I want to talk about the difference between justification and sanctification. What is the difference? Because one tells us that we now have right standing with the Father. We have now been justified and then sanctification is the process of us being made righteous because don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from their human thinking and from the kingdom of satan because it is not of Christ to tell anyone that you are saved. And and now that you are saved, you will always be saved. Even while you are still in your sins. That is a false doctrine. First of all, that title alone is false. Because we are not saved. And put a period. And then we just sit back and cruise our way into heaven and still be in sin at the same time never turning from it never allowing the holy spirit to work this new life in us but that we can still stay stuck in our sins and you mean to tell me i still get to go to heaven folks we need to wake up We need to go into these scriptures for ourselves so that we are not duped. So that, folks, listen, let no one trick you. Like Paul said, do not be deceived. Don't don't let your desires for all the lust in your life To lead you away from Christ Jesus. Don't heap upon yourselves these wolves and sheep clothing. These false teachers to tickle your ear with messages that make you feel good about you living in your sin. So the question on the floor. Because Jesus told us to strive to get through that narrow door. Because apparently few will even try to get to it because he tells us what over there in Matthew that there are two paths. One is a narrow path and one is a broad, wide path, a wide gate. And he says that few will find that narrow path. To get to that narrow door. Why? Because it is hard. Because you got to put that flesh under. That's why he said. Count the cost. Before you come and follow me. And that how you must. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself. And follow him. If you want to be his disciples. Because. Everyone wants the blessings of God, but no one wants to live a crucified life. And that is, folks, what we must understand. Like Galatians 2.20 tells us, folks, first of all, we are living a brand new life. Why? Because we have been born again. Yeah, I'm talking to the body of Christ today because we have to get the sound teaching that you are born again. Therefore, this life we live, we live a crucified life in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Christ laid down his life for us. Galatians 2.20 says that I have been crucified with Christ. Christ Jesus Lives in me. So I no longer live. This life. I live in the body. I live it by faith. In the son of God. Who loved me. Who gave up. His self for me. So that's the life. We now live. Meaning we cannot be. Murmuring. Murmuring and complaining. About how oh it's just so impossible to stop sinning and that how we are all human and that we are going to sin, folks, whether or not that may be the case, we are called to live righteously and in holiness. Because at the end of the day, all of this acting like babies are not going to get us anywhere. Listen. The difference between. Justification. And sanctification. In short. Justification means. We are declared. Righteous. While sanctification means. Growing in righteousness. Amen. Because there is a process where God is now pruning us, trimming us back from our old wicked life to now this new life in Christ Jesus. And he's doing this through his Holy Spirit. We cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. We cannot hinder this important process. This is key because the crowd of the one saved, always saved, wants you to totally bypass this process and get straight on to glorification. Folks, we have to understand that justification refers to God's declaration that someone is determined to be righteous in his sight. This justification is a one-time act whereby God the Father declares a sinner like you and me to be not only not guilty, but perfectly righteous before his high bar of justice. Amen. And so how does God does this and maintain his justice? Well, the basis for the divine declaration is the doing and dying of Christ Jesus. God in heaven, our Father, credits or imputes us with the righteousness, the merit of Jesus. That's how he does that. That's how we are made justified with him. That is how Because of Christ Jesus, we now have right standing with God. We have been reconciled back to God through the shed blood of Jesus. When Jesus laid down his life as a sacrifice before God on our behalf, God accepted Jesus' sacrifice as a pleasing aroma. Jesus placated God's wrath by standing by standing before us sinful man and righteous holy God because we racked up and stacked up that huge sin debt God's wrath was upon us but Christ Jesus the mediator stood between us and holy God and laid down his life. Christ died for our sins on that cross. And so, therefore, because Jesus was righteous and sinless, will God imputed his righteousness onto us not because we did anything to deserve this wonderful grace this wonderful gift of righteousness no because romans 3 tells us that none is righteous nope not one no one understands no one seeks for god so had it not been for christ jesus We will all be in a burning hell deserving every bit of that lake of fire. So, God credits us or imputes us with the righteousness of Jesus. We are justified by grace, which is a gift, through faith, trusting in Jesus as our Lord and Savior that's what he has done he has saved us from the wrath of God but then guess what we still have to live out this life in this flesh because when you, was, when you were born again the only thing that was generated, regenerated was your spirit that flesh, oh that sin nature will contend for you to go right back into sin. That is why we must go through this sanctification process. Because look, we see like in some verses, Romans 3.24, that says, And are justified by his grace as a, as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then we have Titus 3.7 that says, So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. Because that that is the blessed hope. We are waiting patiently for Christ Jesus to come back with the promise of, of eternal life. That is the gift he gives us. And then he gave gave us the Holy Spirit as a down payment, guaranteeing this blessed hope that we are awaiting for, eternal life. Amen. And look, we have 2 Corinthians 5.21 that says, For our sake he made him to be sin." who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God amen so sanctification on the other hand is the continuing the continual process of being made more holy it is the progressive conformity of the one who has been justified Into the image of their Savior. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, just like justification, sanctification is a work of grace through faith. And sanctification is possible because of the finished work of Christ on our behalf. We got some great scriptures to look at. Titus 3, 5, for 1 says, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look, 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, 3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Look, if we open up this, look, we got a few scriptures. Look, it says, for this is the will of God, uh, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. And then if we come all the way down to verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I absolutely love that. Hold on. Because my phone went back way too far. Hold on. Let's scroll back on down here. Look, um, We got Hebrews 12, 14 that says strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Amen. Look, 2 Peter 3, 18 says, but grow in the grace. See, this is a growing process. No longer being babes in Christ, no longer being that wicked, sinful man or woman who didn't know God. But here, 2 Peter 3 18 exhort us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now. And to the day of eternity. Amen. Look, Jude one twenty says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the difference between the two. I'm going to give us a few helpful things to remember about the two. Justification happens outside outside of you. You are declared righteous. Sanctification happens inside of you. You are made righteous. Justification is a one-time event. And sanctification is a continual process. When we are justified, we are declared righteous positionally, right? We are now in a position of right standing with God the Father because of what Jesus has done for us. So no longer are we standing before God as his enemy. Now in Christ Jesus... Our position has now changed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We are now standing in righteousness before God. God is no longer looking at us as the filthy, wretched sinner on our way to a burning hell. Nope. Through the blood of Christ Jesus, we now have a whole new position in Christ we now stand before the father in total justification as if we never sinned just like Jesus never sinned well god now sees us in the righteousness of of Jesus as if we too never sinned we are now made holy and pure All because of Jesus. So that is why Jesus must be the centerpiece of anyone's teaching. Anyone that stands before you holding up the word of God, Christ Jesus must be in the center of that ministry. Because if they are only preaching and teaching on God, but they never mention Jesus that place is corrupt that's a corrupt fellowship because all of this is because of Christ Jesus in the first place so how can anyone that stands before you and calls themselves a pastor saying that Jesus sent them if they are not lifting up Christ Jesus he's apostate How could you not highlight and spotlight the one who made this whole thing possible in the first place? Now I get it. I didn't get it before when I was sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel. Because only time they drug their fake Jesus out was to tell us how we can get in on his ticket to the good life twisting the whole doctrine of this position we now have in Christ we we are not in Christ to get in to get in on his ticket to the good life because according to their twisted their twisted and corrupt minds was that since Abraham in righteousness, was was credited to be right with God, and God made Abraham rich in silver and in gold. They likened Jesus fulfilling the law since he was holy and righteous and sinless, and that the blessing was that if you follow all of the law, then all of these blessings... Of Deuteronomy 28 will be made unto you <clears throat> and it talks about all the material blessings and and all of the goodness of Deuteronomy 28 they liken that well since Jesus was the only one to fulfill the law well then he's the only one that that is entitled to all of the the riches of deuteronomy 28 and therefore if so facto if we are now in christ jesus just like jesus has access to all the gold and the silver um now well then you little person, you now have access to all the gold and all the silver. So you go out there and you go get your gold and all of your silver, just like Christ. Cause we can ride his ticket. And we were sitting up there shouting. Yes. Amen. Yes. The blessing of Abraham is mine. Meanwhile, we are all in sin. So, Anywho, and justification, right, is a one-time event. When we are justified, we are declared righteous positionally, right. We now stand in a in a in a position of righteousness and holiness before God no longer seen as a sinner on your way to a burning hell. However, while we are positionally righteous, we are practically not perfectly righteous because we are still living in this flesh body who wants to contend with our new regenerated spirit being led by the Holy Spirit Yeah, there's a war going on. It's a battle. Yes. So, while no doubt, okay, we are growing in grace, we are still, when compared to Christ, unrighteous. And I say that because we have the potential to go back to sin until Christ Jesus comes And we get our glorified bodies where now everything about us, mind, soul, and spirit, are completely, have been now completely regenerated, we got to fight this flesh. And we got to tell this flesh to lay down and stay down because we have been crucified with Christ Jesus. Listen, that's the whole point. Thank you, Holy Spirit, of being baptized in Christ Jesus, not for the removal of sin, but in solidarity, if you will, with an appeal to a good conscience that, right, I too have died with Christ. I was buried, that old man, she, she's dead. I'm now coming up out of that water, right, in, in a symbolic pledge to God that, yes, like Christ, I'm to be a resurrected unto new life. That is what the water, the immersion in water symbolizes. We go down as a dead person. We come up. As a new person. That whole symbolism. Of Christ being alive. Then he died. He was buried. Only dead people are buried. And then. By the power. By the power and working. Of the Holy Spirit. God raised Jesus from the dead. And so. That's our mentality. So we. liken ourselves. To be crucified with Christ. And we will suffer. Christ suffered for us. He suffered a physical who suffering. Not to mention being pierced with a crown of thorns. Being mocked. Being spat on. Having his beard plucked out of his face. Being jeered hanging up there on the cross, being whipped with that cat of nine tails to a bloody pulp. And people mocking him up there on the cross, talking about, well, if you are the son of God, well, come down and save yourself. Oh, what, he rose um, people from the dead. What, he can't come down off the cross. And Jesus just took it. He took it for us. So yes, we deny this flesh. So some of the things the flesh wants to continue to do, we ain't doing that anymore. No more with the sleeping around, no more with the cursing, no more with the being belligerent and just angry all the time, no more with cursing out people, no more killing people, no more adulterous relationships, whether it's cheating on your spouse or remarrying someone else while your first coveted spouse is still alive. No more cheating. No more being a con man swindler. No more um, with all the railings. No more being greedy and covetous and idolatrous. All of that goes away. No more sleeping with your brother and sister in Christ because let me tell you, that be going down in the church. Listen, it is a sin. It's a sin, period, to have sex with anyone outside of your first covenant spouse. When you sleep with your brother and sister in Christ, that, no, mm-mm, we can't be doing that either. So, while no doubt... We are growing in grace. We are still, when compared to Christ, unrighteous. Sanctification then is the gradual conformity to the likeness of Christ Jesus. In other words, sanctification is the gradual process of becoming practically what we are positionally righteous. Justification is not being made righteous. Justification is not based upon what we do. Amen. So let me see. Let me, I want to come down. Let's see. Right. So whenever we think about the matters of the gospel and Christian living, or followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that new life, we must remember that it all falls under the rubric of what Jesus died for. Because I believe that's a problem too that some of us didn't quite know what Jesus died for. And that is because of the false church and laziness on our parts that we didn't for ourselves fully study because see, studying the word of God is way different from reading it because see a lot of the times we read the Bible but did we study it did we did we study the gospels did we really study the epistles of Paul's a Paul, and did we did we really study the, the other letters in the New Testament? Did we really study the Old Testament, which pointed the way to Jesus? Did we do all of that, or did we simply go to church every week, practice in the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed? Allow ourselves to be spoon-fed, twisted scriptures from that wolf in sheep clothing up there whose mind was only on your wallet, okay? Because they were not pointing you to the cross at all. They were preaching and teaching a false Jesus, that says that how you can get in on his ticket to the good life and that no matter what you do you can still stay in your fornication and adultery and and homosexuality and still get to go to heaven because you my friend you cannot outsend God's good grace okay so we didn't fully understand what the gospel really was And so, and not only that, we didn't really have a full command on what Jesus died for. Because, friend, if we truly had a full command of that understanding, if we really believed that Jesus died for our sins and that how sin no longer has dominion over us, then we would not have been in sin. That's just... Common sense, okay? Because you only live out what you believe, right? Holy Spirit, you only live out what you believe. If you believe that Jesus died in your place, you will live a life of gratitude that whatever he tells us to do, we don't want to give up this position we now stand in which is perfect fellowship with the Father, not because of anything we have done, only because of Christ Jesus. So Jesus is your Savior. He is the Lord of your life. We listen to him. We do as he say. No longer do we make provision for the flesh because we understand that Jesus saved us from the wrath of God to come. He saved us from that final judgment where our names were not written in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, we got to take our position in Christ, now standing in righteousness before the Father, serious. We can't make light of this because let, let us not be mistaken. God is not going to tolerate anyone trampling over the precious blood of Jesus. We see that in Hebrews 10, right? 26. Uh Uh-uh. He ain't tolerating none of that. That if you willfully continue, deliberately keep on sinning, well, there is no more sacrifice for sins. Jesus was the last lamb to be slain. So... If you trample over that, if you make light of that, if you treat that uh, treat his blood as something that's just common and unholy, uh-uh, God will judge his people. It tells us that it, it is a terrible, dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God because God says that vengeance is mine. I will recompense Let me tell you, you don't want to be an enemy of God because in our ignorance, we didn't know just how much of an enemy we were before, before holy God. We had no clue. We were were out here in the world doing us. Being boss lady, being boss lady, being the hustler, uh, doing whatever we want. If this flesh wanted, we did it. That's why first oops, almost knocked my water over. That is why First John two tells us do not love this world. Don't love the world because everything that is in the world, you know that fallen Babylonian pagan, Luciferian, Illuminati on their way to hell in a handbasket. That world that we were delivered from because the Bible tells us that the God of this age, Satan, with a little g, he blinds the eyes of those who are perishing with what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of your eyes, and the pride of life all you want to do is just show off all of your worldly ambitions, all of your material possessions. You want to show off your your spouse and your kids how Johnny is now getting his master's degree. Yeah, I had to repent from that. I had to I had to re- repent from the pride of my life about oh oh how my oldest son he has a master's degree, making all of this money, working for the government, and all of this high standing. Really? No. Uh-uh. I had to repent from all of that. So that's why John was telling us that all that is in the world, it comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. So while we are in this process of of sanctification, we got to understand what the gospel is. What did Jesus died for? And, and how does all of that translate us into being set apart unto God for holy living? That's why it was Peter, wasn't it? That says, be holy for God is holy. Amen. So let us take a look at, because it is vital that we do not deflate the glorious truth of the gospel. How Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, gave his life for your justification and for mine so that you might exult in having your balance. You know that that sin debt? Having that balance cleared and live in peace with God. He also did this for you to secure your holiness. Amen. Look. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let us take a look. I want to look at what is that? Romans 6, Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 8. So let's read that. Because if we don't read these scriptures, if we don't get it so embedded within us, then we will take this lightly. We would. We would take it lightly. There will be no fear of the Lord. There will be no turning from the sin. Although you have confessed Christ, we need to turn from the sin. That's why in, that op- in the opening prayer, Jesus tells us. Repent, otherwise you too shall all likewise perish. And that's the part that the one saved, always saved crowd fails to mention. You can forfeit your salvation. Because they love to say, oh, nothing can separate us from the love of God. True, For the one who continues to abide in Christ Jesus. (laughs) What makes you think that you can still play in your sins and still get to go to heaven? Because if that was the case, then Jesus died that horrific, bloody, violent death for nothing. All of this living by faith is, is in vain. If we can just merely believe in Jesus, have this mental ascent, and then still living your sin, pleasing uh, your, your flesh, doing whatever thy wilt, and you still get to go to heaven, that on its face makes absolutely no sense. I'm quite sure even the staunchest um, atheists would tell you that don't make any sense. Folks, look, we have to consider ourselves dead to sin. And that's just the bottom line. We got to grow up, stop acting like babies and get on board with this. Because I'm telling you, God is not playing with that lake of fire. Jesus already told them that I will spit you out. All y'all who wants to be lukewarm like those and and the uh, letter to the, um, what's that church over there in Revelation? Laodicea. Y'all want to be like them, being lukewarm, living your best life ever, um, and that how you don't need Jesus like that. You really think that you are that good in your life that you are that well-satisfied with all of your possessions. You you rich. You ain't got nothing too much to worry about. You got a good job. You got a good, solid uh, marriage. You are a pillar in the community. Your kids are doing the right thing. Ain't no one cutting up. They they are uh, going to school. They, they've graduated. They got good jobs they they married now they got beautiful grandkids i mean you are living your best life ever what about christ jesus where is he at in all of that well i go to church every week i mean come on aren't we all human listen That way of thinking will send you straight to hell. That is why Jesus said for us to kick down the door to that narrow door. Strive. Fight your way. Come on now. Fight your way to get through it. Because not a lot of people are even looking for that door. Romans 3 tells us over here. Look in verse 10. No, verse 11. No one seeks for God. Listen, you got to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. Look, let's read Romans chapter six and chapter eight, and then I'm gonna let y'all go. Chapter six says, "What shall we say then? Question Mark. Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Question Mark, by no means. Amen. And that, right, Holy Spirit, that is what I was saying about the one saved, always saved crowd, that how you can't out God's wonderful grace. And that's taking it as a license to sin. Paul says, by no means. Absolutely not. We don't do that. Look, he says, how can we who died to sin live? still live in that, in it, Mm-mm. you can't live in your sins, listen, once you have been born again, you can't live like how you used to, if you got a problem with that, well, have you been truly born again, because once I, I got truly born again, like truly, Okay, because I don't know what I was doing since 2002 when I merely made a confession for Christ, and then I'm still in sin. Uh Uh-uh, the Holy Spirit woke me up quick, fast, and in a hurry. So, Paul is like, by no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him, amen, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin amen and this is all part of this wonderful gift of sanctification folks listen listen to what paul is telling us okay you got to get the mindset you have been freed from sin sin hello i got a microphone okay Sin no longer has mastery over you. It does not dominate your life anymore. You have been buried with Christ. You now have been raised to new life. Amen. That's the mindset. That is the mentality that all of us who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. You got to get that in your thinking. No, you can't go back to sin. No, yes, you got to put on some clothes now. No, you can't be still sleeping with Bob and he is still a married man. Nope, you can't smoke that weed. Uh uh-uh, uh. Nope, I ain't hearing none of that talking about, well, God made it. It's from the ground. It's from the earth. Oh, yes, it's good. You gotta understand God cursed the ground. Okay. Um, what else excuse? You have none. There is no more excuses. No more with the oh, it's so impossible to stop sinning. Oh, well, we all sin. Come on, don't you have evil thoughts? Don't you mean tell me you don't sin anymore? No, we ain't joining in with you. No, we ain't doing that anymore. Stop self-projecting your sinful lifestyle that you don't want to give up, but you calling yourself a follower of Christ. No, you are lying. You are a liar. John tells us that we are lying to ourselves. If we think for one moment that we can still be in sin and still say that we are children of God, no, we are liars, and the truth of who God is is not in us. It's obvious. So, back to the scripture. Look, verse 7. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, if if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Amen. And that is what I was saying. We must now live a life in absolute gratitude that we have been saved from death. Eternal separation from God. We got to live our lives in complete gratitude that we are being saved. That through Christ Jesus, he has saved us from the wrath of God to come. Listen, God has appointed a day. A day in which he will send Jesus back to this earth as the king of kings. And Lord of Lords, who will destroy his enemies. How? In flame and fire. By the word of his mouth. Folks, we got to pull this together and stop the madness. Amen. Look, verse 14 of Romans 6. For sin will have no dominion over you. Since you are not under the law, but under grace, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Absolutely not. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. I am only speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now, present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Amen. Look. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Question mark. Well, Paul, Brother Paul, I can answer that for you. Nothing. (laughs) My sin benefited me absolutely nothing. Okay. Now... For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Amen. Folks, listen, we are crucifying this flesh for a reason. is to get through it. So that when Jesus come with that gift of eternal life, we will be so happy, so glorious. Not shrink back, talking about, oh, oh, oh I, I can't face him. I'm just coming out of this bed of, of, of adultery. No, but we welcome him with open arms. Come, Lord Jesus. Even so, come, Lord Amen. The blessed hope is that we are awaiting the revealing of Christ Jesus. He's coming in a blaze of glory to those who have been waiting for him. So that we can hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. We don't want to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. I don't know what household you come from, but it's not mine. <laughs> no, we don't want to hear that. Amen. Look, chapter 8 of Romans 8, and this is the close, okay? Life in the Spirit. Wait a minute. Wait, uh uh-uh, uh. I ain't done. Let's go back up to chapter 6. Look, right, verse 22. Yeah. Verse 22, but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end an eternal life. Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So, yeah, we may have to put away all the loved ones who don't want Christ, who don't want us to preach repentance to them. We may have to leave certain jobs for whatever reason, if what they are doing, going against your conscience of your faith in Christ Jesus. Let's say before you came to Christ you were working at the strip club um, as a, a, a bartender, right? Watching all of that sex go down in the dark. Watching all of that nakedness, all of that raunchiness, all of them drugs being consumed. And you thought nothing of it. To you, this was a great paycheck. You making 5000 a week in tips alone. Oh, you thought it was nothing to work down at the at the strip club. Right now that you are in Christ, you can't stand watching all of that flesh parade around and all of its nakedness. uh -uh. No longer do you think uh sniffing cocaine in a corner is good. No longer do you think um stealing from the cash register because that's what you was doing also, okay? No longer do you think any of that lifestyle is okay and you leave. Amen. We have been born again into this new life, this wonderful gift of eternal life, because that is what we are now waiting for, right? So if Jesus tarries in his coming before um, we see him and we go by the way of the grave, then glory be to God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. 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 In closing, Romans 8, because this is now talking about life in the spirit, right? We are finally on board. (laughs) We ain't trampling over the blood of Jesus. We are now living lives of repentance, righteousness, and in holiness. We now fully understand what Christ has done for us at the cross positioning us to be in right standing with the father through his sacrifice that how he died for our sins on the cross according to the scriptures and that he was buried and on a third day God raised Jesus from the dead according to the scriptures. Jesus is very much alive sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven making intercessions for us. We now live a life being led by the spirit of Christ Jesus. No longer are we striving with God we are now now on board with the sanctification process. We are not whining and complaining as babies, talking about, well, how come I can't wear this tight uh, black dress? No, none of that. Nope, we get it. We live crucified lives because it's not about this temporal life anyway. It's all about eternal life. That is why Jesus to- told us, To keep our minds set on things above. Not on the earth. Not on the cares of the world. Not keeping up with the Kardashians and all the uh, celebrities. Not keeping up with the politics and the false science. Not keeping up with the worldly matters that the pagans run after. Nope. Nope. We seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We seek now how to live right. We put off the old man. We put on the new man. No longer are we living for self, but we are living to serve our fellow man. Amen. So Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen. Excuse me. For, verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Amen. Listen, we cannot set our minds on this world. Absolutely not. You would drive yourself crazy crazy trying to live in two kingdoms at the same time. It ain't happening. That's why Jesus says that you cannot serve two masters. No, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve uh, uh, sin and uh, righteousness. You can't do it. it you will be double-minded. Double and not only that, you will find yourself in a burning hell. Amen. Look, it says, verse 6, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Right. Because that peace there is our right standing we have now with God in Christ Jesus. Right? So, for... The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. We could put a period right there. You cannot, right, Holy Spirit? That is why Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You cannot. You cannot. You living in the flesh, you are not going to please God. Not only that, you simply can't because you don't have his Holy Spirit living in, on the inside of you. You can't. Listen, you, okay, however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him amen yo I could soul put a period right here too if you don't got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you where you are now walking in holiness and you are striving to get through that narrow door and you are still in deliberate, willful practicing everyday sin, uh-uh. You don't belong to Christ. Yes, I am. Um, I went down to the altar and um I told and I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Really? Are you talking about that that dark? deceitful heart that Jeremiah 17 9 through 10 talks about how the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked what that heart who can know it with all the murders and the lying and the stealing and the adulteries coming out of that heart that's the heart you told Jesus to come into I think you need to have another conversation with the Lord so listen We are heirs with Christ, right? Verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live, look, Paul is like, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Look, the Spirit himself Bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provide it. See, look, it says heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Comma. Provide it. Okay. Prov- I'm telling you, it's not a done deal. Listen. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Listen, there has to be some suffering of that flesh in your life. Otherwise, are you truly born again? If you are still living like the devil, okay, still with all of the works of the flesh, you just still doing you, still sleeping around, still smoking them cigarettes, still just being ornery and bitter, still not forgiving anyone, just being mean as a cuss. You're still doing all of that, still. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not in you. And I don't care what you say, because John tells us we lie to ourselves and the truth of God. Who he is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is not in you. It can't be. Okay? And on top of all of that, you hate the brethren? (laughs) You are a child of the devil. Listen. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be to be revealed to us for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god (laughs) the earth is waiting for us to be glorified too yeah because of what adam's sin when he sinned god cursed the ground and i'm quite sure the ground is like yo what did we do Okay, but yeah, he cursed the ground. See, he didn't curse Adam, but he cursed the ground. (sighs) Listen, that's another story for another day. Listen, verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So weed smokers who call yourself followers of Jesus, talking about, oh, it came from the ground, it came from the earth, God made everything good. Yeah, he did until Adam sinned. After that, the ground is cursed, and it is groaning, okay? Waiting for the sons of God to be glorified. So anything that you take from this earth and and burn it and roll it up and smoke it, no. And smoke it, no, it ain't good. And You need to stop playing. Listen, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth unto now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoptions as sons, amen, the redemption of our bodies, yes, let me tell you, Yes, I love the work that the Lord has called me to do, but inwardly, I am groaning for the day that he comes or If I go by the way of the grave to receive my glorified body. So, yes, I'm going to put away the sin. Yes, I'm going to stay away from everyone and everything that would cause this flesh to get all riled up in whatever sin. Uh Uh-uh, I ain't doing it. Listen, I'd rather live And I pray this for you too. I rather live a crucified, set apart, consecrated life unto God now than than to be called out of this body suit to hear Jesus say to me, I never knew you, but Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Lord, did I not cast out demons? Lord, didn't I do this? Lord, didn't I have a podcast? Lord, wasn't I out there doing street preaching? Meanwhile, I'm still in sin. And he's going to be like, I don't know what household you come from, but it's not mine. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. No, I don't know about y'all, but uh -uh, I can't bear. No, I cannot. That is something I cannot nor will I wrap my brain around that I can, I can be in this sin and all I got to do is just repent, confess it, and God has to forgive me because, you know, 1 John 1, 9, we got to stop playing and we need to wake up and grow up and endure until the end. Listen. I'm trying to get through the scripture. I got to let y'all go. Look, verse 24, for in this hope, right? What hope? Eternal life, the the glorification of our bodies when Jesus comes, right? To complete this process. Oh, right, right. So in this hope, we are saved. No, we were saved, right? Right. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees, question mark. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes <clears throat> intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, folks, verse 29, I'm going to need y'all to really tune into this, okay? Because forget about all of that high sounding nonsense about, oh, how God doesn't choose people um, whether to go to heaven or to go to hell. God wouldn't do that. Folks, listen to the scriptures. Who are we going to listen to? Man with all of their man-made traditions and doctrines of devils. Okay. Or are we going to listen to the Holy Spirit who moved on Paul to inspire him to write down the inspired God-breathed word of God- Who are you going to listen to? Okay, listen. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. Amen. That's all I'm going to say. For those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit of Christ has just told us. Look, God's everlasting love, right? Verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? question mark it is god who justifies who is to condemn christ jesus is the one who died look at the gospel right in the middle of of romans 8 look at this verse 34 who is to condemn christ jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Amen. I love it how God just dropped the gospel right there. Look, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written... For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, no, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Good night, Irene. So listen, the one saved, always say crowd love to cherry pick this portion of the scripture out, right? Saying, see right here, no one can separate us from God's love. No one. Meaning what? So I, I can stay in my sins then? How about verses 1 all the way to 34 about consider ourselves dead to sin? Folks, I'm telling y'all, don't let anyone capture you with the high sounding nonsense. And that's from Colossians 2, 8. Okay. All of this foolishness about how we can take God's grace as a license to sin just because we now have faith in Christ Jesus who died on our behalf. And we're going to take what he did for us to get in on his ticket to the good life and that we can still stay in our sins? No, absolutely not. Don't let no one trick you. Don't let no one deceive you and lead you astray that you don't have to be consecrated to God, that you don't have to start living your life in holiness and and righteousness because that's what he uh, commands and demands. We got to understand the price that Jesus laid down for us. We got to understand the price he paid so that you and I will not stand before him at the great white throne judgment. Jesus paid a huge price. He settled our sin debt with the father because he was perfect. Okay? He died a death that we should have. We should have been nailed up there to the cross on our way to the lake of fire. But the gift of God, God demonstrated his love to this world by sending Jesus. Now, if you deny Jesus, if you reject Jesus, well, the love of God is not in you. Okay, so, yeah, you could be separated from him through death. Yeah, you could be separated from him through your willful disobedience. Listen, you cannot be rebels and still think that you could maintain your right standing with God. Are you serious? Look, listen, it just stands to reason, and I promise I'm going to let y'all go after I say this. It just stands to reason. That in this natural world, right, if you don't commit a crime, if you don't never go to jail, you are considered to be a citizen in right standing with law enforcement, right? As long as you abide by their rules, you don't break their laws, you are John Q. Public in right standing with the law enforcement, right? You can lose that right standing by how? Breaking their laws. Listen, you break any one of them laws, okay? If the penalty for that law is for you to go to jail, guess where you are going, Miss Missy? You will be going to jail, and you can tell the judge all day about how you are a good person, and you don't understand why me killing my my uh, spouse why Why should I spend the rest of my life in jail? Don't you know what he has done to me? Folks, you better get yourself a great lawyer to get you out of that one, okay? Because if the courts deem that it wasn't self-defense or whatever reason, right, you will spend the rest of your life in jail because you broke the law. It says you can't kill anybody. And you better have a good lawyer to come up with a good defense to get you off the hook, okay? So, with that, I'm going to let y'all go. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we thank you so much for sending him. We thank you for sending Christ to die for our sins so that we will no longer be in a position to face your wrath. But through the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness of our sins. He has reconciled us back to you. So therefore, you see us through that precious blood. We have been made righteous. You have imputed Jesus' righteousness unto us. We have been justified as if we have never sinned. Because you now see us like you see Jesus. In perfect holiness and in perfect righteousness. That's a wonderful gift. And Father, I pray that we all no longer take that for granted. May we never take for granted the shed blood of Jesus. May he be the centerpiece in all of our lives. Because had it not been for him we will all be on our way to a burning hell. So yes, Jesus is supreme above all of it. And through his shed blood, we now have this perfect opportunity to be, to be, to be made righteous and holy and right standing before you now, Father. As we await his coming, so in this process, whatever suffering we got to go through, bring it on. Christ suffered for us, he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down this life for him too and be about your business, Father. Thank you, Father, and I pray that today's lesson brought you glory. May Jesus. Remain the centerpiece of our lives. And may we lift him up in everything that we do. May we keep our eyes on the Son. The Son of the living God, Christ Jesus of of Nazareth. May your kingdom come, Lord. And even so, come, Lord Jesus maranatha in jesus mighty name i pray amen amen all right folks another one in the can repent and believe turn from your sins believe that christ jesus he died for your sins through his death burial and resurrection he has now put you in a position of right standing with God the Father. No longer is his anger towards you. But now, in this process of sanctification, we are on board with the redemption plan of Christ that we await for him to come to glorify this mortal body. And if we go by the way of the grave, let the party begin in heaven. Amen, amen. Like the Bible says, bad company, and this is First Corinthians um, 15, verses 33 to 34, that says, bad company corrupts good morals, come to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning, amen, 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 all right folks, Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon, bye for now.